0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, and I am coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of the podcast is to share topics topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. I'm so excited to have my guest this afternoon, this evening, or this morning, whenever you're listening to this, it's Rich Christensen. Let me tell you about Rich, such an interesting background. Rich is a successful entrepreneur, thought leader, and loving husband, father, grandfather, chairman, and philanthropist. He has founded and co-founded 52 businesses across a variety of industries, including technology, online marketing, sales, imports and exports, real estate, innovative projects, lead generation, and most recently, worm poop, poop. Sorry. Can you say poop on this? Yes. Number two. All right. I actually know somebody who had a worm form, so I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> Rich embraces his humani- humanist personality with passion for his family, creating lasting impact alongside his loved ones. He is known for aligning his passion with altruistic thinking to develop concepts that are value-driven and lead a positive impact on the world. He is the co author of the book Bootstrap Business, a Step by Step Business Survival Guide, and author of the best selling book, The Zigzag Principle. Embracing his love of family and togetherness, he even co authored a third book alongside his sons, Alex and Tim. It's called Even If Your Toes Turn Purple. Raising teenagers that are confident, happy, and standouts. The theme for today is conversations that change your life. Please join me in welcoming Rich Christensen today.
2: Thank you, Vicky. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm just really an honor to be here with your group at Find Your Leadership. And I'm really looking forward to your questions and these <laughs> rapid fire things that I have no <laughs> idea what are coming. So thank you for allowing me to join today.
1: Awesome. Well, we start out with the easy question to get you warmed up and ready to answer the hard questions. And that is just let our audience know. audience know what part of the country do you call home?
2: You know, I, it's such an interesting uh, question because uh, I live in Utah. Uh, I've raised my family in Utah due to the mountains, the mountaineering. We love to climb high mountains and and the lifestyle. Uh, But most of my business and career has been in New York City on the West Coast and mostly in Asia Pacific Rim. And so the reality is, is although we live in Utah, our family (laughs) is incredibly global and travel the world.
1: So you are the nomad of entrepreneurs.
2: <laughs> oh, we love, I mean, at one point I was doing business, I think in 16 different countries. So we love the people, the places of the world and diversity of per, uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. It really is the sauce that that uh, makes our pizza spicy. So yeah. our, our family lives in Utah, but I think it's uh, much broader than that. Uh, we raised a little Sherpa girl. We have dear friends all over the world. So Utah's where we live but it's not where we call home
1: awesome that is a great explanation so you we talked about your family a little bit in the bio but i want you to tell our audience how do you create a lasting bond with your family especially today and these last several years
2: well i think that this is actually the source of the content that i've written about Uh, some 30 uh One or two years ago, my wife and I started having some pretty good financial success and we were terrified because everyone that we knew was blowing their families up that had any money. So our solution was to go hide, move into a very poor neighborhood and never tell our children we had resources. We got about two years into that. And I had a friend come to me and say, Rich, this is the stupidest plan we've (laughs) ever seen in our life. Because first of all, you won't pull it off. But if you did pull it off, then when you die, you will destroy your entire family. Yeah. And I thought long and hard about that. So, my wife and I went looking for models. Models and structures where we could stabilize our family, where we could have no, generate generated environment of non-entitlement, really high work ethic, uh, integrity with ourselves and each other, and we just couldn't find models. We found a lot of models on finances and saving money, but nothing to that form. So, as only an entrepreneur can do, <laughs> I went and created my own model. That's right, and brought our family up in that model, which is the Legato family framework. And then promptly proceeded to tell no one, wouldn't tell anyone. It was totally a secret, until a number of my friends uh, came and said, "Rich, it's just you've got to bring this forward." And they saw the outcomes we were getting. And so, indeed, what I call the Legato family framework. Uh, and it's full of all sorts of insanity, all sorts of very interesting twists and turns. But that's the structure that we've used to raise our, our family and quite frankly, three quarters of the neighborhood.
1: Wow. wow. That, that kind of, uh, I think I'd like to know what your kids think about what you did in, in terms of, do they huh. appreciate <laughs> the time, the effort, the thought that you did to help them get a better perspective of how important family is and not putting yourself or, your, or the, the wealth first?
2: Well, I, I think it's uh, not the words that matter. It's the action. So what yeah. matters to me is, is what am I seeing with my grandchildren? Yeah. Well, my children are raising more in integrity more in alignment than, than we did them. All of these structures that we put in place, the values and the, the the symbology and all these things I'm sure we're going to talk about, they're putting in spades. If I were to offer my children an inheritance, they would be mortally wounded and offended. They'd be wounded because they're going to add to their financial resources to bless and have a stewardship to humanity, not take from it. Mm. Um, I think maybe the story I tell is, is this morning my sons invited me to come play. They call it the FPC, the FPC, and they all send this buzz around. And so we had the FPC, which is the family pickleball club. (laughs) And so we met on the pickleball courts at 630. Every one of my sons came and as they did it, they hugged me. They did not let go. And they kissed me on the forehead. Uh, Does that mean more than words to me? My mm -hmm. sons love me. I love them. Equal, if not more important, is my daughter-in-laws. One in particular, when they see me, they kiss me on the cheek. They hold me. They embrace me. And our souls are loved and open and expressive. And the only one better than that is my grandchildren. (laughs) Because eyes light and spark and glory and the greatest place on earth is in grandma and grandpa's arms.
1: (laughs) I am Uh, so there with you.
2: I think that actions are far more important than them expressing gratitude, although they do. Uh, I think that the, the manner in which they're conducting and living their lives and how my grandchildren are being raised are far more proof to me of, of the potency of appreciation and carrying the legacy forward.
1: Yeah. So share with us the one conversation or quote that really changed your life.
2: There was one decisive moment in my life, uh, Vicki, that really did turn me. I came out of a rural community and uh, there was 2000 of us, if you count the cows. And so <laughs> I, I had the opportunity at a very young age to be placed in a path of, I was the youngest general manager in the history of Mitsubishi Electric. Mm-hmm. I was running their PC division here in the United States and I was going to earn the brass ring if it killed me. <laughs> I mean, I would sleep under my desk probably three nights a week. Uh, I was doing a couple of hundred thousand frequent flyer miles per week. I was infamous for bringing people over for Japan and Europe and flying them west coast to east coast, west coast to east coast for meetings and making them sleep on the airplane between meetings. So I was running so hot, and we were having some pretty good success. And uh, my mentor and boss, Dr. Peter Horn, called me over for a chat, which was a a 22-and-a-half-hour flight, uh, Salt Lake City to Atlanta, Atlanta into Amsterdam, Amsterdam across the channel, into Birmingham, United Kingdom. So he called me in, uh, sat me down, and uh, uh, and 22-and-a-half hours, I'm sitting in his office, and this was the conversation we had. Rich, I brought you here today. We're delighted with the progress you've made in the U.S. market. However, today is a personal chat. You can replace anything in your life. You can replace cars. You can replace this job. You can replace this ring or this nice watch that I'm wearing. But there are three things you'll never replace. You cannot replace your health, number one. You cannot replace your trust relationship, second. And most of all, you cannot replace your family. Go home. If you're in work in the next two weeks, you're fired.
1: Awesome. awesome.
2: Awkward, awkward as he shoes me out of his office. It was a very, very long 22 and a half hour ride as I came home on the airplane. And uh I thought about the out-of-balance and the incongruities I had of entering that bass ring. And I'll condense this story. There's a little bit more to it. As I got home, my three, uh, my six month old son pushed me away, didn't even recognize me. And that was the principal mm-hmm. precipice point where I quit the corporate world I 100%. No, I would have been a CEO of any 100 company. I would have done it with an addiction. I would have done it without my family and all the incredible joy there's you'll, you'll interview and meet more wealthy with financial money. You will never interview someone with more joy and more clarity and more uh, amazing, true wealth, which is we are well than me. That precipice moment I have used time and time again with everyone I mentor of replacing anything in this world, but your health, your trust relationships, and most importantly, your family.
1: Awesome. I am so with you on that. So with you on that. How or what led you to become this entrepreneur and start over over 52 businesses? So you quit the the corporate world to be with your family more, but you started 52 businesses. That takes a, a minute. So talk to me about that.
2: I'm a weird cat. I'm really a weird cat. You've never had a cat this weird, honestly, because (laughs) I came out of a a conventional education, I got electrical engineering degree, I got my MBA, I went in the corporate world, I advanced, I ran several of the largest companies, you know, here in the US, I got completely disgusted and frustrated with the with the not being able to see the markup forces eyeball to eyeball and am I actually producing value? And so uh, although that happened with Dr. Horn, it took me a couple of three years for me to actually leave the corporate world. But as I did, I was walking with my wife one night and I was complaining. She turned to me and looked at my balls and said, Rich, when are you going to do it? When are you just going to do it? Quit griping about it. And so I, I did, I gave my notice. And at that point I went on this path of lean startup. So my model is actually very interesting. I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I'm a parallel entrepreneur. I'll start three at a time. And then I will very carefully guardrail them. I will guard them with how much money, how much time, how much quantity of time, and most importantly, of what relationship capital I put in. And then I will charge like crazy three at a time to that guardrail.
0: Mm-hmm. One
2: will fell. And then the trick is get it out of there as quickly as possible. One will be mediocre. And then that becomes really tricky. Do I, put more juice to it or not. And then the critical thing is, is one will become a million dollar business over and over and over. I am able to run that model using the zigzag principle, which Mm -hmm. is just a simplified, beautiful, lean startup model. So it's just become quite frankly, a really good hat trick went bad of being able to create, you know, these million multi, and, and I have to be honest, everyone kind of quotes that stat. And I'd like to correct with two key points. Number one, Everyone likes to talk about the 16 or 17 multi-million dollar businesses. No one likes to talk about the 19 failures. I've had more failures than I have success. Mm-hmm. And great, bring them on. I can't wait. Bring the failures in. I just want to fell them really quickly and get them they out fail. of the way because I know right around the corner is a really good juicy apple coming. So that's the first thing. Uh, principle. And then the second is, is, you know what, the largest one I created was maybe 15 $16 million. So these were not billion dollar Wall Street companies. these were just really fun, juicy little fun little businesses. And I'd get bored with them, quite frankly, after about 15 or 20 employees and sell them and get on to the next one. So uh, the businesses I created were not like household names, they were just fun, great little opportunity value add businesses. So those two corrections, I I want to kind of really just be out right up front on.
1: Awesome. So you, uh, you never settled on one business. You have those little ones. And I liked what you said about the fact that you get bored and, and also that you're not afraid to fail. How many people have you met in your life as you coach and train these folks and, and meet the various entrepreneurs that missed opportunities because they were afraid to fail.
2: Yeah. I think that there is a lot of that that goes on. And that's one of the beauties I think of using, I call it decreasing angles of declination. When more, when all is said and done more is usually said than done. And most people sit around and talk about it. And quite frankly, can you lose $5,000? Well, they probably don't want to, or if it's not 5,000, what number can you lose? And uh, one of the beautiful things, and I, i I'm not, uh, doing zigzag principle at all. I mean, I've really backed off that, but there's some beautiful tools that walk you through of is this a good idea or a bad Mm -hmm. idea? So I would just point you to that. For context, I would never build the first business idea I'd had. I'd assemble 50, I'd run them through these four tools, vet them down, take the final one and then say, yeah, can I lose $1,000? How much time am I going to give to it? How much yeah. quantity of time and what relationships am I willing to throw towards that? And then go, bat out of hell, go. And then it's <laughs> like, can I live with that outcome? Yeah, I can lose $5,000 in and three months and then you know, it's not so big and hairy and scary. Right, so it's just right. a so different mindset than ticking about it and just doing it and getting super comfortable with failure. I love failure. I think that there's so much mm-hmm. learned and gained from yeah. quick, efficient failing rather than talking and planning and modeling. And don't take me wrong, I build a pro forma model, but I do it for a day or two. I don't do it for a year or two <laughs> yeah. like most people do. Right. So just get a good idea, vet it through the tools, and then guardrail it and have a blast. It may shock you. I I think most people are better than I am. Most of the people I mentored, their odds are far better. My sons, they blow mine away. They're like 50% at least. But uh, can you have one failure to get $1 million business? I think most people would be okay with that.
1: Also, as you build these businesses, but then you know that you're not going to stay with them for a long period of time for say, so you don't have that feeling of this is my baby and I'm giving it to you. What do you do to mentor, to, to coach, uh, to prepare? Yeah, not them? always. Not
2: always. Some are a little longer too. I had one beautiful little business that I built it, loved it. It was uh, the funnest company ever. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but the funnest company. I sold it. They failed it. I got it back. I took <laughs> it. I rebuilt it, sold it again. They failed it. I got it back, Rebuild it grew it to $15 million, sold it again, and now they're really thriving. So it's like, yeah. And and I think so many people say, I will. I had a brother-in-law that he loved German Stein mugs. Mm-hmm. And he was only going to do something he really, really loved. And my comment to him is like, you know, I, I'm going to create a business. I, I don't love women's socks, but I'll sell women's socks if that gets me a profitably <laughs> so I can do what I love rather than go bankrupt trying to do something I think yeah. I love. Because then your passion becomes your poison. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many people do that, turn their passion into their poison. So I, uh, could I give one formula that I, it's probably the first one. Yeah, sure. It's called the value equation. Mm -hmm. And here's the value equation. Intellectual capital or smarts and intelligence plus sign, the plus sign is serving And then relationship capital, those Mm -hmm. are the people that are value and influence in your life. If you do it in the form of an equal sign, then it yields financial capital. Most people run around thinking, I'm going to get really, really smart. I'm going to take advantage of all the people I know and get super, super smart on some new creative thing and take advantage of people. And it's going to yield a bunch of money. Tragically, Wall Street, we see a lot. It's not sustainable. Right. So it right. really, it boils down for two things for me and all my businesses, because I could, we, Vicki, we could walk outside, walk down the street and we could five find, I I'll bet my bottom dollars on it. A matter of fact, I, you, I'll give you a thousand dollars. If I'm not correct on this, we could walk down the street and within five minutes, come up with two or $3 million businesses by following these two principles. First of all, value equation mm-hmm. number two is how can I contribute? And what are the problems? If you look uh, at the problems and what's going on, and what's annoying, and what's going on, and what's driving you nuts, and other people nuts, and then simply in, insert and solve that problem in a giving way, uh, you can succeed. Yeah. Can I tell one quick little story to yeah, just prove that? Because saying, "Great, do that's it. theoretical, rich law, theory, 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 theory." Well, let me tell you the story of my son, Alex. Our family is a group of nerds. Each one of my sons built a million dollar business in high school, uh, every one of them. And my youngest, they'd, ha- they'd say for the college admission by the age of 12. So this was my youngest son. We sit around the table. We don't talk sports. We talk dissecting models or porter models. <laughs> Come home one day and my son, Alex, who is five years old, said, Dad, I started in a business today. And I says, son, please tell us about that business. It wasn't uncommon, but this one got my attention. I started a dog poop picking up business today. (laughs) And my wife says, what? And he says, don't worry, mom, I use gloves. (laughs) And uh, I says, son, tell me what happened here. And he said, well... uh, I was out on the street corner with mom the other day, and Jerry Hawks, who is this really nice but kind of grumpy neighbor, was saying, All those dogs are, I can't say that word, but it's
1: yeah, I know what you mean. all
2: over the neighborhood. <laughs> it's doing what dogs do all over the neighborhood. <laughs> Grumbly, grumbles, grumbles. Alex is sitting there. So he gets thinking, and then the next day he goes and he gets his paper and he writes on it in Alex's five year, Alex's Pooper Scoopers. Today's service brought to you for free every week hereafter five dollars he printed out 25 of those went around and hung it around the neighborhood and by the end of the day he had 20 customers (laughs) Uh, so now i've got 20 times five is a hundred dollars times that by four i've got a five-year-old earning 400 dollars a month well he didn't (laughs) stop there because he had so much success the following week he went and he passed around additional neighborhood and he got 80 clients so now i have a five-year-old earning thousand six hundred dollars a month and he would dedicate one day to go around and pick up the dog poop thousand six hundred dollars a month as a five-year-old <laughs> then he hired his friends and their. Well, i was just gonna ask man. how
1: soon did he hire a team
2: <laughs> well he did he hired his teams and uh <laughs> i want before i get to this next part uh, yeah yeah there was an incident where my wife shut the business down because a kid thought it would be funny to take and throw a piece of dog poop out the door that's the minus sign so what did my son do used his intellectual capital i know how to pick up dog poop minus sign or plus sign the friend threw it he picked it up with a plus sign serving the most influential relationship he had in the form of an equal sign. and my five-year-old general and he did this countless times that's just very entertaining because it point it, it points out the fact that he solved a problem yeah. he solved a messy problem no one else would do no one else is willing to pick up dog poop they're yeah. everywhere all around us if he'd wanted to scale that you know it, and I know it. He could have, $5 a month, people paying $20 <laughs> to pick up the dog, poop all through the neighborhood, particularly a very cute little eager boy. He could have scaled that to hundreds of clients. He could have been making, I think he could have made $10,000 a month as yeah. a five-year-old. <laughs> Intellectual capital plus relationship <laughs> capital equals financial capital. Look for the problems.
1: Well, That just reminds me so much. I'm a project manager by trade before uh, retiring, and one of the things that I promoted a lot was to do process management before project management, where I looked at the process to understand the gaps and the opportunities, and that's where you find the pain, and wherever the pain is, then you can find the problems uh, and the solutions, so write it in line with your five-year-old son, (laughs) Awesome. Okay. How come, uh, what business would you, or did you start with your sons as they were growing up besides your five year old, you, you weren't helping them poop up, pick up the poop, But
2: No, no. And, and the model again, and I am hoping we get at least a few minutes before the end to talk about this legato family framework.
1: Oh, ah, so that's I the next a, question.
2: Okay. Super. Well, the, the fourth level of this. So to jump ahead, You got a platform and then you got four pillars on it. The fourth pillar is rites of passage. And so Mm -hmm. each of my sons, when they turn 16 years old, shake my hand and commit. They will never ask for anything else ever again for my wife and I. They Mm. will pay for their own car. They will pay for their own college. They will pay for their own mission. They will even pay for the family vacations. But uh, as part of that, I will help them build their first business and uh, uh, then they will take accountability for their lives. So Mm. each of my sons has built a million-dollar business when they were still in high school. My second son built two. These Mm. have ranged across the board. Uh, uh, One was a coupon arbitrage where we were selling to Living Social and Groupon. Uh, They were, oh, getting top of search engine rankings and, and, and gathering traffic. Uh, my, the studio we're in actually my youngest son, he'd had everything paid for by the time he was like 13 or 12 and said, dad, I want to do the studio. So, uh, he, I, I mean, as a 17 year old kid, he's charging 150, $200 an hour to have professionals come in and use the studio. I mean, does he got a skill? Do I ever need to worry about him living in my basement? Never, never. (laughs) Never. You know, I, a matter of fact, I, I, my kids take me to, to lunch and dinner and have since the age of 10 or 12 or
1: 14. Awesome. So, oh, yeah, my goodness! It's,
2: it's vital to have family economies and build that structure.
1: All right. You started talking about the Legata family framework. Why don't you go into a little bit more detail?
2: Thank you so much. Uh, and I think my real passion because everyone knows me and gets way hopped up on all my lean startup stuff. But th- this is the thing of real potency in life of, of how to stabilize our families. And again, Dr. Horn's uh, health trust relationships, most important family. And so this is the very framework my wife and I uh, uh, used to raise our family. A couple of years ago, I had a profound uh, experience, a life altering experience that just caused me to deeply reflect. And I, I was just, I had to bring this forward. And so this is called the Legato Family Framework. The first is values, planting your values, clearly understanding what are your values in your family. You've done it in business. We do it with sports teams. Mm-hmm. The university that I chair does it. Every university does it. Every sports team, the government does it. But probably most people haven't thought to get really clear what are you going for in your family. And equally important, what values are you throwing away? In my family, and my wife's family, guilt and shame were used like peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. And to get a behavior, you would just sprinkle a little bit yeah. of scarcity in between guilt and shame. Slop it together and serve it up and you'd get desired behavior. So very deliberately deciding mm-hmm. to retract some of the values that were passed on that were not proper. And once you have that platform and understand what your values are, you have a really fun way to kind of get to that. Then you're able to plant these five more sexy things on top of it. <laughs> um, can I go on to the next? Yeah, thing?
1: please do.
2: Pillar number one is do you have a symbol? Do you have a logo? Do you know what your kids your color is and what your children's colors are and what they manifest? Do you have the spirit animal of your chit and also the shadow self? If you don't, then there's a lot of tension. Now the LA Lakers have a symbol and logo. Try wearing the wrong color to the college football game. Guess what? Yeah. The yeah. bloods and the Crips do that. And as humans, we have to feel like we identify mm-hmm. I'm wearing. And most what I wear now is, is our family logo
1: i see
2: that i love it Go off screen, pull up a little bigger uh, that's our family logo and my wife in the center to uh, the center of all our light and hope and provide and protect i surround her in black and each of the children pick their color and point inward have each other's backs and surround them then when awesome. they're not married they're black when they get married they uh, they then white and then the little grandkids every one of my grandkids
1: i so love that i love that and, and if, you're the first person I've ever seen promote that. That's fantastic.
2: Well, here's the kicker. Here's okay. the kicker, Vicky, is your kids will identify and align to it. And all you have to do is see the Nike swoosh or the Bloods or the Crips yeah because everyone has to feel like they belong to a tribe Mm -hmm. my little granddaughters come and after they give me a hug or my grandsons too the first thing they want to do Everly, Everly, Samuel Samuel grandpa grandpa uncle Matthew they all point they know where they belong and they're instantly part of the tribe so what symbology have you put in your family and if you are not doing this The Kiwanis club does it for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. If you're not doing this, your kids will find tribes, and I guarantee you their values do not align with yours. If you knew Nikes and Levi's and half these values, you'd just want to vomit. So number one is symbology. The second pillar on top of the values is doctrine. You Mm -hmm. have a family song. You have a family motto. You have a family uh, slogan. Do you have a family mission statement that outline with hang tags mm-hmm. your family values? That roots back, and that's mm-hmm. the governing principles of your family. That's the rules of engagement, so you don't have to go enforce rules. They know what it is right up front, and it mm-hmm. just becomes this fluid a relationship with children and grandchildren because everybody knows how you behave to show up in the tribe. For crying mm-hmm. out loud, once again, M13 has doctrine. Go kill someone and you're 13 to be part of the tribe. That's just not what we're going for. So establish mm-hmm. what you stand for as, as your family. Number three is traditions, cadences of traditions. In-term, short ones, and then uh, long-term really kind of, if I'll use the word sacred even. Mm-hmm. The short-term is things like cadence of dinner or ask how is your funny or uh, scratch your teenagers back and tickle their ears when they come out, reading the story to your child and getting really comfortable with that kind of return and report. Yeah, I'm part of the tribe, Ooh, back I'm home, I'm back safely. So really, really deliberate on that was wow. being positive not negative you're home late again blah, 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 and then you're with your teenagers so you can set the cadences of frequent traditions that align with those values so it's just greased and fluid and you don't have all this tension that yeah. most families have then the second part of that is the long-term sacred rites. And maybe the best way to exemplify this is, is, uh, well, Thanksgiving dinner. Try changing Aunt Mabel's god awful recipe, and you got a problem <laughs> because it's tradition. Tradition. Um, I love to use the example when I bring daughters in law into our family, we administer a family oath, and it's so s- special to us, we don't share it outside the family. They raise their right arm to the square, they go to the family legacy candle underneath the family crest, this beautiful, magnificent crest of. 400 pounds that hangs on the mantle receive the Christians family oath that they will be kind and generous and not take offense quickly. And when they hurt her injure, quick to say, sorry, to add value back and seek for their contribution to humanity and other just really beautiful things. And then everyone cheers and claps. My wife and I give them a unique one in a world piece of expensive jewelry with their portion of the logo And then the family has this roaring celebration dinner. They're formerly part of the family. Values coupled with symbols, coupled with doctrine, coupled with sacred tradition. Terra's is a good example of Mm -hmm. that. Graduation events and putting really good traditions in place rather than the terrible, negative, god-awful ones that most people put in place. Come to Thanksgiving dinner. Everyone have a minute. A bicker, get drunk, and turn it into a family brawl. That's the garbage we've got to get rid of and Mm -hmm. insert traditions that bond us and hold us rather than kick us. I I
1: love, I love the, the thing that you're doing with your in-laws, the daughter-in-laws, because, you know, that's a sense of belonging. Each of the things, even with the grandkids and the kids by having that right, I guess that, that, having that same opportunity for them to know that you not only are welcoming them kind of sort of into the family, you are welcoming them into your family. You are saying you are now part of our our tribe. And that, that feeling, I think everything you're talking about is just so empowering for that individual to know that you do love and trust them.
2: It's the ultimate thing that we all crave, Vicki. I Mm -hmm. got two really quick stories, and I know we got to get to the fourth uh, pillar of this but um had a really tender experience i had the family all on one of our celebratory cruises which they paid for by the way and they're all down there are i think we're in belize and we're coming back on that little train to get onto the boat mm-hmm. and the guy sees my logo and i tell him a little bit about it and he turned to me and says that's the stupidest idea ever and i said what do you mean everyone loves this he's the stupidest idea ever why well what are you gonna do when your kids get divorced you know, 50% of them gonna get divorced. And I went on this round, blah, 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 blah. Not mine, mine, not mine, blah, blah. Well, what about your grandkids? And I'm just like, damn. All night long I stewed. All night long I thrashed and kicked and turned it. Oh, I was just in a stew. And then the next morning I bang, 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 six o'clock, I'm banging on everyone's doors. Come on, come on, just run for breakfast. They all get out there. And uh, I say, So here's what happened. Yesterday a guy came to me and he said our family logo, and some of you can get divorced, and and uh, if not, you, the grandkids. And, and I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it all night. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, I don't care. If you get divorced, you're not coming off. I'll put a ring. And if I have to put boxes, square, circle, stars, 15 rings, I don't care. You're permanently par. And we'll sort it out after we die. And you're you're celebrated. And I love you. And it's not even in hard things. I wasn't expecting what happened next. My daughter-in-law's raced to me, hugged me all simultaneously started crying and holding on. We all have to feel like unconditionally we belong. This beautiful little one right here. See that little yellow dot I'm wearing right now? That's Mm -hmm. my son, Timmy. He just married this amazing little redhead named Ashley. She is so joyful and so courageous. She was the oldest child of a family that was pretty tough. Mother struggled with a major drug addiction. She largely raised her younger siblings. Father good man but largely absent and so she was dating Timmy. i'd watch her and she would sit there and she would start rubbing his chest and then inevitably without even knowing it it would end up right there on his logo because we really don't wear much else i give it each of my kids that's part of the wealth we give them each a thousand dollars a year every family into perpetuity to brand logo update it And so she gets right there, and she starts tapping on that dot, tap, 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 tap. It was almost like, I don't need to worry about them taking their clothes off. She was tapping that, I belong, I'm safe, I'm protected, I'm part of Mm -hmm. something stable. And this concept of symbology and traditions, we crave it more as humans than we do oxygen, to be seen and to belong. And we're starving our children and grandchildren for it. It's why we have the political divisiveness. It's better to hate someone else and be part of something else than it is when we don't have it, at least we feel we belong. Massaging issues are largely related to not belonging, not being unified. So I'm just dead convinced this concept of binding these first three. And then my fourth just cements it. You'll never get it underdone. This is like, I just warned you. If you go down this path, you better get what you want because you're not coming undone. (laughs) So, uh, there we go. Can I tell fourth or-
1: Yeah, go ahead, do it.
2: We're good. There is a fifth, I'm not going to cover it. It's what you do with the money. I've got a partner in the business named Scott Ford, the most integrity man, but what do you do with your wealth to build banking, family banks, to build the family constitution, to get wills and trusts and, and to get this stable financially. So you actually don't blow your family up. I'm not going to cover that one. The fourth, I am going to cover the lost arts of rites of passage. Mm. As I did the research way we, we used to do it in legacy and indigenous, there's always rites of passage. We mm-hmm. don't do it. So our family did it. as I did the research, the critical ages are eight. Eight is the age of amygdala or the brain closing and self-accountability. 12, early adolescence. 14 is the age where kids make decisions choice. 16 is age of uh, career path. And 18 is when you become an adult. So each one of those, we put these critical rites of passage in place. And in our modeling program, we help families put their own based on their values. Eight years old, take them. Each of our kids, my wife and I would let them pick for the first time where they go to dinner. We'd go have dinner and then we'd go to a private place and have a very open conversation, holding nothing back they wanted to hear on sex, on drugs, on bullying, on pornography, on every hard topic. Open the dialogue and at that point, never off limits ever again. Twelve years old was non-entitlement trip and becoming a man. I would take three weeks off. I would take my children to a third world country. The first week would be a grand adventure, riding camels and elephants, climbing on the Great Wall of China, going to the Taj Mahal and the Red Fort, going to the Pokemon Center of the world, and something that, whoa, most adults don't do. The second week, we would land in a Mother Krishna orphanage, or my favorite was in Nepal, uh, the Little Lost Girls, where uh, 100,000 little girls have been rescued from uh, sexual slavery. India and uh, China, that's where many of the beautiful little sex slaves come from. Or even worse, they are killed and their organs harvested and because of the dowry. And hold and touch the plight of humanity very intimately as little girls are crying and weeping and holding and won't let you go. And even sleeping, holding these beautiful little girls at 12 years old you don't come back from that experience with no. the same world purview mm-hmm. that most 12 year olds have mm-hmm. the third week we would acclimate very carefully back into the world. Cause that was such a harsh wake up call. We would talk about what does it mean to be a man, a Christian's man based on our values, protect, provide, provide safe space and stand and be a man in your power, but safe space for women and then fix a lot of stuff. <laughs> That became the purview of what it meant to be a Christian man, fixing dad, fixing dad. I'm traveling, providing dad, providing dad. And they knew what it meant to be a man. Age 14 years old, every one of my kids, this trip was my wife and I together. This trip was uh, this was private victories, not public victories, and doing hard things that no one sees. Each one of my sons have climbed a major world mountain peak. The first three, they didn't go up Everest, but they stared up the throat of Everest from 19,000 feet on Mount uh, Kalapatar. Mm-hmm. We've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. We've climbed uh, not much Apichu, Picchu, Winopichu, hard mountains. These young men go to the top of the mountain literally crying and come down a man. I don't want my children throwing the winning touchdown and carried off the shoulders on the crowd. That's a public victory. Each of my sons know how to do very hard things and can do it privately. So that's sixteen. We are fourteen. We talked about sixteen already, so we can skip over that one. At age eighteen, their business gets shut down, kill the business, no matter how well it's doing, give all the excess back to the charities. And at that point, they go away for two years, learn another language and serve humanity deeply. At that point, they are my peer. They're my peer. They're total, my equal. They come back not at at, when they come back at 20. They're not 20. They're more like 45 or 50. They're 45 or 50. My oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. He's a chief technology officer of a billion dollar company. My second son just, he's in a year sabbatical right now at the age of 27 years old, has both of two houses paid off and just sold his business and his financial set for life. I, I don't need to go on, but I could go on wow. they come back at 40, 45 is strong, knowing their place, understanding man, and killed their father. I don't want them to kill me physically. I want them to be their own man. Mm. And my peer. No longer, mm-hmm. no wow. longer any tie. So that's the model. And uh, I'll just say with confidence it's the most significant thought leadership and meaningful thing that I've had the opportunity to contribute to humanity.
1: So, so, very wonderful. the the things that that you have done, it's such a great model for so many folks. They just have to recognize the work that they need to do. Well,
2: and the fun thing is, this is I I, and again, I I hate the cells pitchy because it's not. But we put this in a way that it's easy to sequence so you can actually do it. I mean, gosh, I would have died to have this because I had to assemble it out of the weeds. Mm -hmm. It's actually fun. I mean, families, bit by bit, the exercise and programs to figure out what your values are, are fun. Uh, The kids seem to be getting into it as much as adults, so it doesn't have to be a misery fest, but I guarantee you, again, if you don't figure this stuff out, the world will, I call it really the hard easy or the easy hard. You can do a a little bit of a harder thing now, and then the teenage years are a delight and your uh, daughter-in-laws will kiss you on the cheek and sons will give you hugs. That's hard easy. Most people yeah. are honestly, Vicki doing easy, hard, easy, easy, yeah. easy now. And then it gets really, everyone says, and I, I acknowledge, I, I, overbaked it. I, I, I couldn't help, but I did not want this dorked up. So three weeks, you know, that's most people can't do that. I acknowledge that. Nonetheless, you can learn from me. And yeah, it's right, like, one absolutely. of my dear friends is the world fitness expert. And he was going off about this. And I said, Ban, geez you expect me to be 2% body fat and run up mountains backwards and do it in the dark and go, (laughs) it's like, but I can still learn the basics from you. And so I would just propose that even if you get your values basis, at least you're going to have something to hang on to and you're not going to get tossed around in the wind like Most people are.
1: There's a lot here. I think that everybody needs to watch this several times. I know I will. And be sharing it with my daughters. and and I do I do understand what you were saying, how wonderful it is when you have your children come back, you know, mine at thirty four and thirty one, and I look at the women that they are. And it does it does your heart good to see that that they have those core values that that you want them. In. and and I do see my daughter as a mother doing so wonderful and it, it it's like okay you know
2: what just, what a joy that you mm-hmm. can say that i love yeah. the statement no success in the workplace can compensate for failure in the home i love that yeah. statement i spoke on front row dads here last week i gave one of their uh, big presentations and i love their mantra that we're family man with businesses not businessmen with family so Beautiful little paradigm shift that we have to be equally yoked as men and women. And so frequently, mm-hmm. we're pushing each other down, we got to balance and soar with both sides of the yeah. wing. And men need to be lifting women. And quite frankly, women, I don't know if it's mostly women, but you've got to be lifting the good men too, because you otherwise you're flying around with one wing.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. That's you know one of the reasons why I decided to after retirement to go out and be a speaker and trainers because I just found I was so much more effective whenever I led you know uh, allowed relationships to grow with, with the people on my teams but I lead with my uh, i I teach that i I led with my heart my mm-hmm. head and my hands as servant leaders and i and I think that's, that's what you want for your families, too. You want to teach them and and be able to have them see you leading with your heart and your head and your hands so that they will emulate that.
2: Beautifully stated. Beautifully stated.
1: It's time now for us to do rapid fire. So for rapid fire, these, this is where I give you a phrase and you have a minute or so to just whatever comes to the top of your mind. And a lot of this I took from uh, parts of your bio that I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to get into. I mean, I, I, looking at your bio, I knew that we would probably be able to have a three segments on the legato. And I definitely will have you back to talk some more about that because I think it's a, it's a story that needs to be told as often as possible so that we can Uh, have start to have a change in the world. And that's, you know, what my goal is, is to really uh, spread the embers and and the fires and make people start to see the changes is not a bad thing.
2: That's a beautiful thing. I know everyone's so focused and loves to hear about creating businesses and it's like, that's first mountain stuff. And this is second or third mountain stuff and Mm -hmm. really all the joy and satisfaction I'm kind of the old guy in the room now. I always was the up-and-comer. Now I'm the yeah. old guy. And, <laughs> and, and I just got to tell you what, I just don't give a rat's ass. Sorry I for know. The language. I don't give a rat's ass about all the business stuff or whatever else. It's like, yeah, fine, really good kind of interesting stuff. But the deep, the savor, the meat, everything of oh, import in my life is 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 who I've loved and who loves me. And most yeah. importantly is what? legacy am I passing and leaving, mm-hmm. and not name on a building legacy. It's the learning and the wisdom, wisdom, uh, and, and wealth, true wealth mm-hmm. isn't money. Wealth is the wisdom and mm-hmm. we are well, we are well as mm-hmm. a family. And that's, that's my biggest joy in life.
1: Yeah. And the self-care that you need to be able to, to enjoy your family and your life. And, uh, you know, when you're sitting on that rocking chair and reflecting back that, that you don't have regrets that, that, you know, you gave it your all and, and your legacy is to me, my legacy is those children that come after me.
2: You got it. You you got it. I think so many people you, you see this infant. I'm, I'll I'll let you go to your rapid fire. We could talk for probably three or four hours because I've <laughs> I thought know, a <laughs> lot on this topic. This been has been the consumptive. Uh, brain dump thought leadership of my (laughs) life, of how do we invert the broken model of dropping people off clips and get in flow in a middle way of of what we call infinite entrepreneurship rather than the entrepreneurship I help generate, which is take to the top, burn really hot, sleep under your desk, Mm -hmm. generate a whole bunch of wealth, and then burn out and destroy your family and then have to climb up out again. We've got to live in flow, health in flow, Life in flow. Yeah. Wealth in flow and family in flow with the movement that comes of being able to gain life experiences, but not dropping our great grandchildren on their head in destruction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the first is becoming the infinite entrepreneur. What does that mean?
2: Well, I just described it in flow, yes. it's in flow, not forcing it. And it is for me, it is, it's your health in balance and taking care personally of your health, your your, your intellectual, your emotional, mm-hmm. your mental and your physical health in balance, and then that leading to your family in balance and in flow. So that's what the legato structure is mm-hmm. not blowing your family up. And then that leading to business. And then the businesses can be the learning pod that drives wealth and then the wealth drives personal wellness and being able to have that movement of growth Mm. in your life uh i love the middle way i'm not a buddhist i'm a devout christian but i raised this little buddha daughter and i love many of the principles of buddhism the biggest is is i love the concept of the middle way not pushing to the extremes in anything politically Mm. Either extreme is dangerous. We've seen that. Environmentally, extremes are dangerous. Quite frankly, fitness. We've met fitness people that are so nuts, they can't even have a a cashew after 5 p.m. That's nuts. But on the other hand, we don't want to sit down and eat 17 bags of potato chips. So anything in extreme is bad. I'm a firm believer of the balance of middle I The biggest gift I have for my great, great, great grandchildren is living life and having life experiences. Some hard... But not dropping off a cliff and having to grind yourself out of terrible addictions and terrible patterns of value loss.
1: Yeah, you can't ever appreciate or understand the good until you've experienced the opposite, you know, the bad. Yeah. What is the most important area of your life today?
2: Right now, I'm focused really resolutely on health. Uh, I've had some back issues uh, due to just, well, I've lived 17 lives and I've carried a lot of pressure and I've just got through it. Yeah. And so right now I'm personally focused on my personal health and uh, personal uh, connection with God. That's honestly mm-hmm. the the most or divine or call, whatever you want to call it. That's my most pressing, highlighted, important priority uh, at this moment.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you when I turned 64 years ago, I'm getting those emails now for 65 in January, 65. <laughs> but, but for me, when I knew I was turning 60, it was like, okay, that's when I started my anti-aging and wellness business because mm. my daughter was uh, getting pregnant with her last or her youngest child. And I thought, Gosh, I want to be able to crawl around with him. I want to be able to run baseball field with him and and do things. and And I don't want to be that person that's sitting around and just watching life go by in my older age. Um, that's right. So I. That's I, exactly
2: right. And I think in addition to even the physical health, which we do or you're doing, I'm doing. But, but for me, it's also been, what are we doing for our mental health? Mm-hmm. Are we taking private time to actually get stillness and mm-hmm. get our connection and understand truly who we are? I know we're going way past, uh, so I won't go down that path. Oh man, we really could talk for hours, but I love the Hindu <laughs> philosophy of retirement, which is where we're at. Mm-hmm. With us, it's like go golfing and do your thing and do your champ, not in their culture. They actually have you leave your family, exit as a householder, and go find who you are, really. The most important education in your life is once your family is raised to go find yourself and find God. And then and only then can you come back to your family because it's too noisy and too cluttered and too dragged into the chaos if you stay at home. Yeah. What wisdom that That's he, all. Uh, is called the internal psychologist teaches us
1: so good yes absolutely uh the last three so you love to explore and spelunk slot canyons i don't know what a slot canyon is you have to tell me crest the summits of mountains you talked about that what is a memory just one memory of one of those things and maybe you can Enlighten me with, uh, I know what spelunking is. I've done that, but uh, slot canyons. What is a slot canyon?
2: They're tight little teeny gorges, typically with rivers running through them that have little uh, up and down. uh, And you you just go through, and sometimes you're swimming, and they're just walls can go up thousands of feet or hundreds of feet. And so they're just tight little canyons, tight little uh, canyons with rivers running through them.
1: So in Belize, I did uh, an a inner tube kind of going through a cave.
2: Yeah, those and are underground rivers.
1: Yes, and that was very cool. Very cool. I love those
2: are called, I love those two. Uh, yep, yeah, that is uh, slot king. Yeah, if you have not slot king, and woo, it's the jam. <laughs> One of the reasons <laughs> we love living in Utah is there's a lot of these amazing little slot kings. Yeah. One memory that I would just share is, is uh, our youngest son, Alex, uh, when he, he, we got him to the top of his 14 year tip, we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. He, it was, it's brutal. That breakfast wall is brutal. Most, uh, many people don't make it. I think the summit percentage is only like 30, 40%. And so we got him up there and he struggled all day, he'd even passed out a couple of times and I'd caught him and he got to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and got up there and started singing, uh, uh I'm a egg laying mammal of action. I'm a Alex. The platypus, he starts singing this super <laughs> funny song randomly, and it was just like, oh, our family just went crazy. That. That's the fun story of one of the experiences.
1: Uh, awesome. What is the best thing about having that large family?
2: Um, oh, Never lonely. Always have a friend and the, the unity and, and your tribe. you just built-in tribe of, of, of just total joy. My, truly, my son's now are my best friends and my daughter-in-laws. Oh my gosh. I love them so much. (laughs) Just total joy.
1: Yeah. And then the last is you love fast, thrilling car, um, thrill catching cars with sleek lines. Tell us what your favorite one is.
2: Oh, you know, I keep thinking I'm going to get that Tesla S but I just can't do myself. I love Lotus. I love the 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 Lotus but I personally drive an Audi. I got an Audi A6 Prestige and it just mm-hmm. handles so well and oh it turns and it's just a beautiful it's a, a bright red with a Ooh. white interior and I just love that car. So I just I I haven't been able to get out of my <laughs> my Audi A6 Prestige.
1: Awesome. I love cars too. All right so i am going to now share my screen so this is the warning for all those that are just listening in to grab a pen and a paper so you can get our contact information down so this is rich's information again his website is legofamily.com that's legadofamily.com l-e-g-a-d-o famil He's on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can definitely get all that, I'm sure, from his website links. It will be on the, my website as well. And I'd like him just to take a moment and talk to you about his gift.
2: Well, uh, the the gift t- today is is walking through this Legato family framework, and we actually have various levels. So that, uh, the the online version is so incredibly affordable. We have an online assisted program. We actually have groups where we walk families through this, and then very rare occasions I come out and actually do uh, special events for for individuals. But uh, we're offering today twenty percent uh, off coupon code to uh, anyone that, that comes through this podcast, so you can just enter the code. Uh, Finding confidence, if you enter finding confidence in the coupon code, you get twenty percent off any yes. of these programs.
1: That's super. All right, so everybody, make sure you go to that web- website legatofamily So thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. Um, we went a little bit longer than normal, but we had so much to talk about and I, and I do definitely think we should have a, a repeat so that we can go into even more detail about the Legato family. I think it's a topic that should be shared. Um, You gave great tips, great tools, great stories. And if you, the audience, want to learn more, please go to his website, legatofamily.com, to find out more, to take advantage of the resources he has, and definitely get his book. Take a read, you know, let us know in the comments, in the various social media as we put this out there. What did you think of this interview? Um, Reach out to him with questions you might have of how maybe you can get started and questions you might have from reading the book. It's always a wonderful way for uh, someone that's an author to know that you read the book enough to ask questions Mm. about what you read. So as always, I'd like everyone to just remember that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself.